We're apparently bet on the Celtics tonight. They're down 90-51 to 51 to the Bucks. 6.47 to go in the third quarter. The big thing, though, Joe Mazzula waved the white flag at halftime. The Coward. bench came out and started the second half for the Celtics. That's how bad it got tonight. Yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. I'm going to lose a parlay simply because the Celtics can't cover six freaking points. <laughs> They're not coming close. Drew to Holiday right pretty much guaranteed a victory he last did. night. And you know what he did? He mushed himself. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also made the mistake of betting the Blazers. And I continue to ask myself why Josh Giddy's on the floor. And he's actually playing pretty damn good tonight. So no more NBA. I'm going back to college hoops where I'm a perfect 1-0 today as Northeastern actually wins outright as five-and-a-half-point dogs. I got one more really quick before we talk with Sparky. I'm going to play the over in Illinois-Michigan State. And uh, that's that. That tips off right now. So grab it right now. Illinois-Michigan State over. 149 and a half. 149 and a half. Back to college. Because college basketball is way more predictable than the NBA, of course. You know, very safe. Oh, yeah. Very safe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer jumps on with us. Current and long podcast for the Packers. Green and growing podcast for the Bucks. Let's obviously start with the Packers here. This Jair Alexander news with this weird injury that he had, I, I guess, in practice and like a jog through or whatever. What do we know about that? And is that going to affect things this weekend? Got me. Um, it sounds like he just rolled his ankle. Mm-hmm. Stepped on some dude's foot or something. Uh, and LaFleur says, Matt LaFleur, the head coach, said that he was laser-focused and he was paying attention, doing what he should, kind of acting like, you know, he wasn't screwing around. That's not how this happened. Now, again, who knows? Well, we weren't there, so who knows how this happened? It doesn't really matter. Uh, obviously, you want him to play, right? you got to stop Stevie Lamb, uh, the wide receiver for the Cowboys, so it would be uh, a lot easier of a deal if your best cornerback can actually get out there and play. I would imagine he plays – uh, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, was saying hopefully he walks in here fine uh, tomorrow and gets in a practice and we're good to go for Sunday. So it doesn't sound like Joe Barry was all that concerned about it. Oh, Sparky, I want to talk about this tomorrow on our uh, latest edition of Curtin Long, but I want to talk about it with you, there you go. right now as well because if Jair plays in this game, what I really liked uh, last week against the Bears, on third downs, Joe Barry did something that Joe Barry never does. He stopped playing this soft zone coverage and they actually played some man. I don't think you could do that in any matchup, especially a matchup against the Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb, unless you have Jair and unless he could shadow CeeDee Lamb. Any chance maybe we do see Jair do that? I know that they line CeeDee Lamb up all over the place, and Jair usually doesn't travel. Any chance they at least play some man against Dallas, you think? Or do yeah, they go back to Yeah. No, I think there's a, a good chance that they're going to play uh, a little bit more man and, and blitz some more. Again, it, look, it's worked the last couple of weeks. When they started doing this with Carolina, that clearly didn't work. Uh, but it's worked a little bit better the last couple of weeks. I don't think you have to worry about Prescott running nearly as much as you did facing Justin Fields uh, this last week. Uh, the concerning thing is is the ability for the Cowboys to attack the middle of the field, and the mm-hmm. Packers are, like, the worst protecting the middle of the field in between the numbers. So that is going to be a point of emphasis, I'm sure, whether it's Ferguson or the tight end, you know, attacking him over the middle, C.D. Lamb in a slot, running a seam route or something. That, I think, is where the biggest concern lies lies going into this game. And, you know, the only way you're really going to have a chance in this game is if you can apply pressure to Prescott like you did against Field and the Bears where, you know, your defensive line had a field day. They're going to have to have a similar field day in this one, but the Cowboys' offensive line, I, I feel, is better than Chicago's. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than it was against Chicago. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like this has overwritten all over it, Sparky, especially considering that you know Green Bay's been playing really well and Dallas' secondary has been very gettable, you know, even with Deron Bland and Stephon Gilmore playing pretty good football. Uh, who are some players for the Packers, um, wide receivers at least, that you like to have the best matchup against Dallas? 
Well, I haven't seen somebody really stop Jaden Reed yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's kind of had his way to this point, the rookie out of Michigan State. He's played really well. Uh, you know, the other guy is Dayton, uh, uh, Wicks, the rookie, uh, as well. Because, again, that, that's another guy that uh, I forgot if it was LaFleur who brought it up, but somebody brought up uh, the comparison of him and Devontae Adams about footwork and so forth coming out of college. Uh, and that was kind of a comparison that they made when they drafted Wicks. Not saying he's going to be – you know, Adams necessarily at this point. But he has shown the ability to make big plays for this team. He had a couple touchdowns uh, last week, so I think that's another guy. Uh, Luke Musgrave, who came back from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his kidney issue, uh, said he's full goal this week, that last week was more about uh, kind of a feeling out process against uh, the Bears. Uh, took a hit, made a catch, now he's ready to go. They really haven't shown to this point, you know, these two tight end looks where Kraft and Musgrave are both on the attack downfield. I haven't seen it all year because in the beginning of the year, Kraft was simply blocking and coming off of the bench and really not involved in the passing game. Musgrave goes out, Kraft blows up in the passing game. So now you have both guys, uh, and that's something that you know Dallas has not seen on film to this point. Nobody has. Uh, and that be maybe another way for this Packers offense to kind of uh, take advantage of some stuff Dallas hasn't seen. Between Musgrave and Kraft, who do you like more? Uh, Musgrave's going to be a stud. I mean, he's just Super uber athletic. Uh, maybe he's not the blocker that Kraft is, uh, but his oh, ability. I mean, player prop wise this weekend, not just in general for their future. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Deguara. I would, I would, no Josiah Deguara. Uh, no Deguara. No, no, definitely not Deguara. I think I would still lean Kraft at this point. Obviously, they're going to get Musgrave involved, but the, there's been a chemistry built between Kraft and Jordan Love to this point, um, and, and not only that, but. Kraft kind of has this emotional thing about him where he kind of becomes like that, a little bit of an emotional leader when he gets going out there, whether it's, you know, hurling over a player or screaming and yelling, going into a tunnel off the field before uh, when warm-ups are done before the kickoff. He, he's a, probably the most emotional guy on this offense. So they get him going early, you know, like he had a little bit of an emotional lift too on the road. Talking to Sparky Five for BetMGM tonight. Uh, the roller coaster that's been Jordan Love's season, we've kind of lived it, and I'm, obviously you have too, but with Ryan sitting next to us all year, it's been I love best him. Best quarterback him. in the league. He's gone from best quarterback in the league to I hate him to he's a bust to he's good. to So it's been there's been a lot of different dimensions in terms of the feel for Jordan Love. His, uh, his passing yards prop in this, 247 and a half. But, one, do you like the over in that against Dallas's defense? But, two, what has it been? Because we've seen the numbers. It's one thing. But what have you seen in terms of the growth with Jordan Love from the beginning of the season? Not just, you know, throwing the football, but just the overall as a quarterback from the beginning of the season to now. I think in the beginning of the season, you, you had a lot of guys that didn't know what the heck they were doing. Um, and you still have that. If you go back and watch the L-22 from this last week, you still see instances of, of guys in this offense not doing the right thing. So it's still happening, but it's not happening as frequently where guys are running to the same portion of the field that don't belong in the same portion of the field. Um, and that type of stuff finally started to work itself out. And you go back to that Steelers game that Matt LaFleur uh, refers to where they lost, but you could finally start to see the, the offense starting to figure it out. There in the middle part of the season, his ball placement, Jordan Love's ball placement was horrible. Yeah, he'd make a completion, but it'd be at the guy's ankles, and he wouldn't be able to, you know, catch the ball and keep running. Uh, and it was that Steelers game, I want to say, where that ball placement all of a sudden started to get more on the money. And now it's way better, you know, hitting guys in stride. Part of that is building chemistry. Yeah, they worked out in the offseason together in California and training camp and all that stuff. But again, once you get into game action, that's really where it counts. So as, as things continue to move on and guys knew the routes, and started making the right reads off of based on what the defense was doing and was on the same page with Jordan Love, 
this offense finally took off a little bit. The other part of it is Aaron Jones has been banged up for most of the year. So now he comes back last three weeks. He's over 100 yards uh, three weeks in a row. Uh, and that is uh, a guy that was supposed to be the engine of this offense. That's kind of what this offense was going to be built around coming into the year to take pressure off of Jordan Love. And that never really got to happen. It was more A.J. Dillon having the spotlight on him than Aaron Jones. So with Jones healthy, that adds a whole huge element to this Packers offense. And to be honest with you, it was very similar when Aaron Rodgers was here the last couple of years. As Aaron Jones went, normally that's how this Packers offense went. So who do you think wins the game? The Cowboys were eight-point favorites. Now they're only seven-point favorites. Green Bay's offense is playing really well. Dallas can't stop the run. Aaron Jones has, what, three straight 100-yard games. You trust Joe Barry and the defense to keep him in this game? You think they could at least keep this within a touchdown? Absolutely not. No, I don't trust Joe Barry with anything. No, um, and, you know, and I'm I'm happy that they they played well against the Bears and against Minnesota, uh, but no, I, I don't trust them. Now again, I mean, can you see a way of how it happens? I can see a way of how it happens. If you look at some of the games this year for the Packers, they've done a fairly good job shutting down the other team's you know, number one wide receiver. And in fact, it was asked to Joe Barry today about the game plan against Tampa Bay, which Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field um, in that game. Their game plan was, we're going to slow down Mike Evans and Rashad White and let somebody else beat us. And that's exactly what happened. Chris Godwin beat them. I, and, you know, did you learn anything from that game? And Joe Barry said, yeah, I learned a lot, you know, as far as being a coach in that game. So, you know, do you go into this game, focus on taking out C.D. Lamb, uh, and then letting Ferguson uh, or Cooks or somebody else beat you in this game? That's, that's the, the determining factor they're going to have to kind of figure out here between now and then. And then the other thing that comes up and was asked of Joe Barry today is, well, what if Alexander doesn't play? And he said, oh, I hope he does play because he's a large part of this game plan. So if he can play, then you're going to see Joe Barry scrambling, trying to figure out what he's going to do instead of what they had planned, knowing that they were going to have Jair Alexander in this game. Um, so that's a big thing, too. But, no, I, I, would, I would think the Cowboys probably win this game by 10 or more, somewhere in that area would be my guess. Because the other angle that we haven't talked about is, you know, this Packers offensive line – which has gotten better throughout the year, for sure. Mm -hmm. But they've not faced Micah Parsons where he's lining up all over the freaking field necessarily uh, and can come from any different angle uh, and so forth. So there's going to have to be a lot of communication. And you've got a seventh-round pick out, out there at left tackle. Uh, you've got Zach Tom, a rookie out there at, at right tackle, or a second-year player out there at right tackle. So a rookie at left tackle. That dude at left tackle, there was a running play this last week. He went into pass protection. He didn't know what the play was. Um, so he's still making mistakes, too. Uh, so that that would be part of it, too. I, I would say Dallas by 10, and I'd be glad to be wrong. Yeah, and you mentioned taking out the number one wide receiver, uh, CeeDee Lamb, but also having to sort of come to terms with the fact that the middle of the field has been wide open uh, against the Packers for everyone for like four straight years. Uh, so how yep. do you reconcile those two things, the place on the field that C.D. Lamb operates, thrives in, uh, is the one place that, you know, really the Packers struggle in while that's the game plan to take him out completely? I don't know. I think that's a good question, something that has to be answered. But I think Jair Alexander, if you just say, Jair, you're playing man with him the whole game. Like, we're just playing man. We'll give you help over the top when needed. Uh, but for the most part, you're playing man, and we're going to count on you to try and be that all-pro that you were at some point and see how you do. And if he's struggling and can't stop him by himself, then obviously you have to change it up and, and figure out a different game plan and have a plan B. Uh, but I think to start the game, you put Jair on him uh, and see how he does one-on-one -on -one with C.D. Lamb. 
All right, we got a couple of minutes here still. Bucks are up 100 to 63 Gross. right now on the Celtics. I mean, look, all the starters have been pulled for Boston. It is what it is. But, I mean, we saw Bucks fans booing the Bucks the other night. We know that this team defensively is just a massive liability, but there's still a lot of talent, a lot of high expectations, and they're a team that still won a lot of games. Is this the type of game that could maybe, I don't know, wake them up a little bit? What's What has been, the, I mean, besides defensively, is this just a, maybe a growing pains with Dame Lillard there? Because it just feels like a team that's in complete disarray, but they are still winning a lot of games. Yeah, they haven't this month. They've got one win this month, so this will be oh, win yeah. number two uh, <laughs> with, the game, with the game tonight uh, against Utah. No, no Dame Lillard for personal reasons didn't play in that game. Campaign, the backup point guard, he didn't play either. Uh, they shot horrible. Utah was hot from three, and they were obliterated in the first half. And, you know, they made a little bit of a run there in the second half. They were down 33 at one point in that last game against the Jazz, and that was in Milwaukee. Um, and then they made a run, and they got to within eight there in the second half, but never could get any closer than that. But that that's, that's the type of stuff that drives you crazy, and part of it is, to me, is defensive scheme. You know, they're wanting to be more aggressive than they were under Mike Budenholzer. And I get it, right? You're blitzing guys uh, and, and so forth. But I just don't know, you know, with some of these guys that they've got, a little bit older players like Brooke Lopez and Middleton, Brooke Lopez doesn't want to be running around with the damn guard out on the wing or chasing and trying to close out on three-point shooters in the corner and so forth. And you can just tell, you know, by the time they even get to midway through the second quarter, that dude is physically exhausted by what they're asking him to do on the defensive side of the floor. Chris Middleton isn't the same Chris Middleton as he was a few years ago. He's been through injuries and everything else. He's going to try, but he's limited athletically at this point in his career. So you're asking him to do things that is probably out of his comfort level. Uh, and then Giannis can only do so much, right? You want Giannis to use a lot of his energy on the offensive side of the floor, and he'll give you what he has on the defensive side of the floor. But I think that's the biggest thing. And then when Brooke Lopez goes off the floor, Bobby Portis is your next big man. Well, Bobby Portis isn't a center. Bobby Portis definitely isn't a shot blocker. Um, and he's a really good player at home. I feel like he's a completely different player on the road. He, he feeds off the energy at home and people chanting his name. And then on the road, he doesn't look anything like the guy at home. Um, so that's another issue that they have. And then, you know, you talk about, you know, their biggest need at the trade deadline. Everybody says is, uh, is another wing defender uh, to be out there because Malik Beasley tries hard, I guess, uh, but he's no good. Uh, at this point, Pat Connaughton is just horrible in general. Uh, so there's really nothing to get excited about with Pat Connaughton until the playoffs and maybe he'll hit a couple of shots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of issues. I, and that, that game tonight, and I will be doing a green and growing uh, post-game podcast on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page after the game. But uh, the main thing here is, you know, they shot well, Boston was awful. Fine, move on. And let's see what happens going forward. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to wait and see how much better this defense can get. Because if it can't get any better than this, yeah. they're not going to be in the playoffs very long. Current and long podcast, green and growing podcast. Steve Thanks, Sparky Pfeiffer, great to talk to you again, man. Thanks for coming on. Good stuff. You bet. See you guys. Mavs up 48-32 on the Knicks now as well. It's Bet MGM tonight. It's time for more Bet MGM Tonight with Ryan, Trista, and Nick on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. If you're wondering if the uh, Celtics made this thing any closer, they didn't. It's 111.73. Game actually got bumped from TNT for another blowout, actually, because the Mavs are. Well, I guess at least this is a what a twelve point. Did game they actually now. bump it from TNT? No, no, yeah, because we switched it. it. Oh no, they bumped it yeah. though. Yeah, yeah I see. They? Yeah, a lot of well, I see a lot of people on Twitter. I was talking gonna say about that it. could just be me. Right? Yeah. No, no, people <laughs> on social media are talking about it. I guess they got bumped. Sheesh. The I mean, NBA should do that more. Yeah. Honestly, they really should. Just be like, you know what? We're not putting this on. This anymore. this nobody needs to watch this anymore. So does that mean 
since it's a nationally broadcast game, I guess you still have the local broadcast for that too. I'm like, so where yeah. is it on TV? But you got the local; it's just blacked out yeah. in those areas until yeah. So just the local broadcast. Yeah. Like you know, everybody keeps flipping about about this Peacock stuff, which is I funny to me, right? Like. I, who doesn't have Peacock? Do you guys not watch classic Attitude Era WWF? Like uh, if you, if you, people in the middle first of the country the office, probably don't. The, the WWE office. Network, man. You got to have Peacock. The Royal Rumble's in two weeks. CM Punk's back. He's the favorite to win it. But even if um, the good thing is if you live in South Florida, you don't need Peacock. Or if you live in Kansas City, it'll be the local televised game That's for true. you. That's true. You at least have that. You don't want to pay the 10 bucks? Just take a quick trip to Miami. Or Kansas City. Speaking of much, much, cheaper. Money. much yeah. cheaper, right? Yeah. Speaking of this Celtics game, Keith Smith says something on Twitter that I think is absolutely true. He says, "Why do they keep scheduling big games on uh, national TV on back to backs? Right. They should not have put the Celtics yeah. Bucks game after the Celtics have to go on the road on a back to back. That doesn't make any damn sense. And they were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, and maybe the NBA when they scheduled this game didn't think the Timberwolves were going to be very good, but that was a dogfight." And they had to call their way back to overtime and win in overtime, barely covered, the six and a half, not the ten and a half. And then they go on the road to Milwaukee against a very hungry team uh, on national television. Didn't make any damn sense. Like as much as I, because I still love the NBA. I love the playoffs and I love games that matter. The problem is the regular season. Like I was actually effing with the in-season tournament because guys kind of cared, right? Yeah, right. And problem you knew is, what the motivation was. Yeah, like eighty-two games. The regular season means absolutely nothing. When we're sitting here and it's January 11th, like tonight the Suns and the Lakers are going to play. One of those teams is going to get themselves right. Maybe. Maybe not, though. But both teams are about 500 this season. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they don't care until later on in this. The Miami Heat are a perfect example. They were a play-in team. They were in the play-in tournament. The Bulls had a three-point lead with two minutes to go, and then they were in the NBA Finals. So I still love the NBA. It's not like I'm this big NBA hater. It's just like I can't really get in. It used to be like Christmas, I'll start to care. Now it's just get me to the playoffs and let's have everybody healthy. It's also Especially the, the younger teams that care more. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the older teams are in that mindset of, I just want to get to the playoffs. That's true. Like, I love watching OKC. I mean, this is the second night of a back-to-back. Yep. That's why I faded them. They were just in Miami last night. It doesn't matter. They're up 38 points in the third quarter. It's, it's just, it matters more. The Suns, those guys just want to stay healthy. They can't keep their big three on the court. The Lakers, it's like they can't play basketball and then they make some trades and they look like a team again and then they come back this year and they don't look like a team again and it, they're just old and LeBron's tired of carrying the team by himself and it's yeah. just yeah you just we night after night in the NBA you don't know what you're going to get it is massively difficult I, I, I get it I wish I wish they'd extend the, the play-in tournament or no. play -in, the the in-season tournament no get, take it all the way yeah. to the all, take it away to the all-star break right like do I, I don't know do something one thing I will say in defense of the NBA I'm kind of back in and you guys know damn straight why Chet. Only the Bulls. Only the Bulls. <laughs> How about the Bulls? Undefeated since Zach came back. Kobe White, another 30 points last night. But aren't they bringing Zach off the bench? Yeah. Yeah. They've won a couple games in a row. I think, like, man, I saw Bill Simmons tweet this last night. Bulls, top six seed in the East. Oh, boy. It could happen. That's all I ask for. Like, I don't need to run to the finals. That's not going to happen. But, like, as a Knicks fan, don't you feel better? Like, they have a shot to yeah. get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But that's a... That's a different story because the Knicks are actually a legit team. Yeah, but they haven't been a legit team for two decades, yeah. maybe longer. Yeah. Like it, it's been forever. So I get it because you're stuck with a team in NBA purgatory right now. Right. All we're just kind for, of in the like, middle. Get to the playoffs, have a chance. Not just the you know the play-in tournament. Like get to the playoffs, a seven-game series, and I'm happy. It's been a long time. <laughs>
a really long time. I mean, I, I get it. You know, it, it's it, when you sit there and you have a team that's kind of constructed of kind of aging stars it. with all the money that they have, Probably and you not. sit there and Zach Levine is yeah. in and out of the lineup, and no one wants to play with him, and they're better when he's not on the floor. It's it's a roller coaster. But I see, I already see the roller coaster that you went on with the Packers happening with the Bulls with you right now. That's what's going on. I see it in your eyes. Mm-hmm. You're excited now, and it's going to be up and down roller coaster because it's the NBA. So, uh, so we've got uh, playoff futures now that BetMGM has just posted as we get set for Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend, Trista. The heavy favorite to lead the playoffs in receiving yards. Now, keep in mind with this, this is total. So this means when you're looking at this market, and a lot of these, you can't just play one game. It's got to be multiple games. It's got to be really the most games. That's that's what's going to benefit you if you're taking really anybody in just about any of these markets. So we'll start with receiving yards. To lead the playoffs in receiving yards, C.D. Lamb, the heavy favorite, at plus 185, followed by Tyreek Hill at plus 750 with Amon Ross St. Brown. Brandon Ayuk's at 850. Uh, Diggs is at 11 to 1 with A.J. Brown 12 to 1. And Rasheed Rice, interesting enough, at 14 to 1 with Amari Cooper. Now, C.D. Lamb, that makes sense. The problem is, you got to sit here and also believe that the Cowboys are going to get to, let's say, at least the. NFC Championship game. Yeah. You've got to believe in that. So it can't just be, I like this player. It's also got to be, how far can this team go given the matchups that are ahead of them? I think the number the number that makes the most sense, and also I can see the actual path, is Amari Cooper 14-1. to Why? Because what if Amari Cooper against the Texans has a similar game that he had the last time he played the Texans? 265 yards receiving. That can go a very long way in making you the leading receiver. Even if you get a great, have a great game next, next week against a team like the Bills, yeah, maybe the weather's not great. Or, you know, maybe they end up facing the Kansas City Chiefs and you play another team, right? Because that's kind yeah. of the pathway for you. You say to yourself, well, he's a long way there. Even if he was to have 80 yards receiving which is around his prop right now in the in second in the second week that's over 300 yards receiving I think that wins the award yeah yeah so I'm just looking at guys so especially if you like the Browns right like you know you're gonna need probably two playoff games and that's why the first number that jumped off the page for me was Zay Flowers at 20 to 1 just because you know he's the guy that takes the top off the defense he had 858 receiving yards just went Three catches, 106 against the Dolphins, averaged 35 yards per reception. But they have the bye, and then when they come out of the bye, they're going to have home field advantage. If we get those cold weather games, especially the way they run the ball, I want to stay away. CeeDee Lamb, the price makes sense because Dallas is at home against Green Bay. Um, That's going to be a nightmare matchup. And really, he's going to be a nightmare matchup against every single team. Philadelphia can't cover the slot. Tampa Bay, like if if they were to win that game, can't really cover. And then San Francisco, as good as they are defensively, the one area you could attack them down the field, and that would be CeeDee Lamb. Right. Tyreek, like, are they gonna be are they gonna be able to throw the ball in the cold weather? Ankles banged up. Yeah, and they're four and a half point dogs to Kansas City. So the guy that jumped off the page for me would be Stephon Diggs, eleven to one, because I like the Bills to make a run. Gabe Davis has never emerged as that number two receiver, and he's hurt right now. I like Shakir. Now the tight ends are fine, but Diggs when it comes to playoff time, he's going to get 10-11. I mean, at right. the lowest amount of targets is going to be like 10-11 per game. But what about Brandon Ayuk at plus 850? San Francisco is a nightmare matchup for every single team in the NFC except for maybe the Rams. I like them to go to the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to bet Debo, I get it. But Brandon Ayuk's had a monster year, man. He's no, he's wide receiver number one. 1,300 yards this season on just 75 receptions. So I kind of like Brandon Ayuk. And his number, you can see that he's obviously... 
uh, uh, has shorter odds than than Debo. So that makes sense. Debo is twenty two to one. Yeah, and Brandon Ayuk actually opened up fifteen to one. Probably took some money because he's all the way down to plus eight fifty. Me and PJ talked about this yesterday. I really like him, just because I think they have a path obviously to the Super Bowl. So he's going to play more games. The problem is. Uh, first round by, of course. Right. Ayuk has that chemistry too with Brock Purdy. Like they, they yeah. made it clear even remember before the season you started hearing more and more about in camp. They were just like Brandon Ayuk, yeah. workouts in the offseason, Brandon Ayuk. So you knew you're starting to see that groundswell for him taking a big leap, and he really did this year. The only thing that's concerning about the 49ers is like they spread the ball out so much, so there's always that risk. You could now, if you did believe in the Lions, now You've, they've got to get through the Rams first, which is going to be insanely difficult. But let's say you're on that path, that you think that the Lions are a team that's a team of destiny. You think that this is a team where their offense is going to overcome all the defensive efficiencies they have. Amon Ross St. Brown at plus 750 is somebody that you at least consider. Now, earlier in the year, it kind of felt like the Lions were right three, four, like, kind of that, that second tier in the NFC. It felt like 49ers, Eagles, and then you're looking at Cowboys, then probably Lions. But now... We can poke holes in every single team in the NFC. And I'd even argue with the 49ers because Brock Purdy has a little playoff experience, but the last game he played and he couldn't actually physically throw the football at all. Yeah. And if they get down at all and you watch the way the regular season ended, I mean, forget week 18, they obviously had nothing to play for. We can't really use that as a, a judgment, but you still watch what happened against the Ravens. Like, what type of 49ers team? And it's crazy to say that given how confident we felt about them for, you know, post-buy specifically. Yeah. Like, what 49ers team are you going to get where... Could the 49ers get knocked out a little early? Is this one of those unpredictable type of playoffs where it's the Lions in the NFC Championship game? What about Cup? We like the Rams. Say. 50 to 1 for mm-hmm. Cooper Cup is is pretty tasty and I think if you imagine it in your head you're thinking to yourself if Cooper Cup is leading in receiving yards during the playoffs would anybody be surprised? No. Like no. Cooper Cup has a great matchup against the Lions. If you like the Rams to win that game, which I think we all kind of do, mm-hmm. that's a great number. There's no reason that number should be 50 to 1. Right. And I'm looking at some, that, that was right where I was going to go, too. Cooper Cup, 50 to 1. You're not going to get that price again. I mean, like if the Rams are a better team. And then I know, like, he kind of came out in the second half of the season, but he missed all of last year. And he's kind of become a number one wide receiver. There's no Mark Andrews, and I do like Isaiah Likely, but what do you think about Odell Beckham Jr., 125 to 1? If wow. the Ravens are going to make a run to the Super Bowl, he gets back to uh, his Rams days. I mean, there's just there are some good prices. Mm-hmm. I mean, George Kittle, 50 to 1, if you like San Francisco. Um, you know, honestly, though, too, since you mentioned Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua is 30 to 1. Yep. I mean, that's another yeah. one, too, where it almost feels like we haven't gotten there yet because Matt Stafford still has more comfort with Cooper Cup. They've got more chemistry, they've done this for years. But he's really throwing the football a lot, a lot of targets to Puka Nakua, and rightfully so. Yeah, and he's yeah, like you said, and he's more of the deep threat too. Mm-hmm. So that's a good price mm-hmm. for me. It would be Ayuk, and it would be Diggs though, because I think the Bills make a run. Hopefully, the Niners make a run, and my twenty dollars bet uh, bet wins me nine hundred dollars for that exact matchup. <laughs> so maybe I'm just the king of wishful thinking, but that's what I'm looking at. It, you know, teams that I think that are going to make a run. If you think the Chiefs could actually do it. Rasheed Rice is 14 to 1. Couldn't do it. Why? Because I think that the only way that they get through these playoffs running is running the ball. What about Travis Kelsey at 20 to 1? No. Maybe in his in his in his uh He's just—he's been holding back all season long. He's been playing possum for the playoffs. He's gonna go well, on a celibacy like, it's vow. Not even, it's not even that, and and he's washed clearly. Like he's not—he's yeah. never gonna be like 28-year-old Travis Kelsey again. But he's gonna have 10, 11 targets because him mm. and Mahomes are boys, and just by default because there's nobody else. And he's Travis always, Kelsey's in the playoffs is he's insane. Always too. open in the middle of the field. I wish I liked the Browns a little bit more because David Njoku is sixty-six that. to one. 
like all of his routes. Oh, he's I love the way that they're slow. using him this year. He's in the backfield. Yep. He's a tight end. He's in slot, man. And he could go for like 40, 50 yards per, per catch. Well, last year, Travis Kelsey led the playoffs in receiving yards, 257. Then it was Jamar Chase, 220. Obviously won't be there. Then it was Debo at 211. Devonta Smith after that. And then C.D. Lamb at 185. Debo, 22-1. Yep. Well, now, another one here, too. George Kittle. He had 164 last year. They go deep. Does George Kittle get a decent amount of targets? I feel like they're spreading the ball out more than they even did last year. Ayuk's yeah. kind of taking that next step. Yeah. So it's probably harder for George Kittle. But I feel, this feels like it's... Because you have to have confidence in these teams going a certain certain distance, too. And we, we look at us. We've all sat here going... I mean, right now you're most confident in probably the Ravens and the AFC. I'd still say 49ers in the NFC, but yeah. the way the season ended, I don't feel as strong about them as I did before. There's a lot of question marks and a lot of parity right now heading into the playoffs. So that trickles down from the teams to then the players in this market too. I mean, listen, Christian McCaffrey is the favorite to lead in rushing yards, right? Plus 185. Makes sense. 49ers mm -hmm. deep run. I mean, come on. We, we, we understand the amount of carries that he gets. Then after that, it's James Cook plus 450. Your guy, Tony Pollard, eight Couldn't to one. It. Kyron Williams, eleven to one. Devin Singletary's twelve. DeAndre Swift, who may not even be playing, sixteen to one. Like I think he's still hurt, right? He did he practice? Do we have that? Uh, Swift today. I think I thought he got it in a limited. Let me check okay. on that though. Um, I yeah, I mean, and you really expect them to make a run, right? And so he, no, he practiced. He had a, he got it in a full practice. He did get today. a full, full practice. practice. Okay, today. so that's yep. good. That's yep. good for the Eagles because they got a lot of injuries right now. Yeah, AJ Brown didn't practice. Reed Blankenship didn't practice, and uh, Sidney Brown. So they're all beat up in that secondary. And it looks like with Jalen, they're going to tape that finger up. Any any chance that the Eagles do make a run though? I mean, because I was looking at like AJ Brown receiving yard props, but I mean he's also hurt right now. I I definitely think he's going to give it a go, and Devontae Smith's going to give it a go, but they're not going to be a hundred percent. I right. hate everything Eagles. Me I really too. do. Like not just in general, like I normally do. Scott's team, I hate them so much, but also because they're playing horrific football right now. There's Gosh. nothing that I love in the rushing yard market because James Cook would make sense plus four fifty, but yeah. these weather games are going to be nuts. Yeah. And we've got just some matchups where I think maybe I don't love James Cook in that. I mean, you're getting, like, sometimes booms, sometimes busts from James Cook. I just don't like the rushing yard market at all. Oh, I mean, you know, well, Kyron Williams, 11-1, if you like the Rams, yeah. he's going to get the touches. He's going to get the I just think this carries. matchup is not great. Um, so he's going against Detroit. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he's already starting at a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. limits him I can see him having like 50 rushing yards in this game. The only thing would be is if you hope, because he's playing in this game versus like Christian McCaffrey playing one fewer game, and it's say it's the Rams and 49ers in the NFC Championship game, like does Kyron Williams make up for lost time because of that? You know what right. I mean? Like for that. But you're right. It's not, that's a top five defense against the run in, in Detroit. So it's like the one strength that they actually have defensively. So it's like Lamar 20 to 1. Even I though could, he's a quarterback, I could see it. It's not crazy because he's gonna now. It's gonna he's be just cold weather be, games he's and just yeah. gonna get out there and get after it at this point, right? You're like, just let Lamar be Lamar. Yeah. So it's been MGM the night. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Okay, somebody do the math here. The Thunder are up 111 to 54. Uh, 57. Well, it's it says 54 right there, and it says 54. Oh, thank you. I was like, is this 54 even on the official the difference? 57. So I was Good watching God. this um, while we were doing last segment, and it took all of me to not blurt out the Portland Trailblazers have 45 points with 
five minutes left in the third quarter. That's one of the worst offensive performances I've seen from my team in a long, long time. We are we are really one of the worst teams in the NBA. It's it's not a great experience at all. Yeah, I bet them. So that was a bad, <laughs> big mistake. I tonight. immediately regret this decision. The Blazers were a bad choice. Bad choice. Man, I just like, you know, the Any NBA. Given night in the NBA, man. I mean, this is extreme, though. What's happening here and what's happening in Milwaukee tonight. Yeah. I mean, these are, I mean, it's 127 to 95. That suddenly feels close given the score we got going on at OKC right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it was it was a bad choice. It was. I just can't stay consistent in the NBA. I'll have like a good night or two, and then I have one of these nights. Yeah, and even the Knicks down seventy four fifty five at halftime. These games suck tonight. I should have just played some props. That should have been the way to go. Yeah, Knicks not covering the number without mm-hmm. Luca and without Derek Lively. I don't get it. It's rigged. Guys on the road in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? This is why I just stick with the well. Again, though, even props can get screwed up because when you have blowouts, guys sit. So then you're screwed even there. I'd rather do that than half of these sides, though, in these That's games. That's a good point, man. Like, imagine playing any Boston Celtic prop tonight. Oh, I don't anymore. Entire, I, don't, I don't take I don't, props. I'm not even supposed to take there. Boston Celtics anything. Remember I told you, they're on the list. I said it last night. I don't know why I said, <laughs> ooh, this number, I really like this. Five and a half. I should, should have been a little scared, but then it went to one and a half, and I was like, oh, closing line value. I'm on the right side, baby. Maybe I'll win a Celtics bet. No, I'm just getting blown the F out. Like, this dude right now, I don't watch a whole lot of Blazers basketball. But Matisse like, Thibel, you mean, who's bouncing it off his foot? No, who's double zero, my man with the That's glasses? Scoot. That's, That's Scoot. That's Scoot? Yeah. That's Scoot. <laughs> Has he always had glasses? No, it's new. Okay, I was going to say, am I he losing my mind? or something, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had never worn contacts before, oh, Ryan. that's what it was. And I never, so... I got two rules, sorry. I never bet on a guy that wears glasses unless it's Horace or Harvey Grant, and I never bet on anybody that has braces. That's that's my only rule. <laughs> he got better since he got contacts. So he got contacts and then put the goggles on because he felt it was really weird to wear contacts in his eyes, and he felt like maybe they would come out or something, so they put goggles over him, and the goggles are uh, sunshade, so they have like a tint to them like LaDainian Tomlinson. I like it. I like it. Uh, kind of. Maybe. We'll see. They're it now, does take time to get used to contacts. It's 116 to 54. Yeah. I can't even do that math in my head right 62, now. 62. 61 now. It's 116 Now they got Keontae out there. What's Keontae's last name again, Ryan, from Kansas State? Keontae George? N- no. Keontae... Johnson? Johnson. Yeah. Keontae Johnson. Didn't he have, like, a heart murmur or something? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had a, a, a big issue health-wise. Anyway, he's in the game. That's how you know... The things are off the real rails against the. That was the Blazers. kid that was at Florida, and Florida. Then, yes. yes, and he was ill and then transferred. There. Yes, yes, yes I believe and then he right. transferred Just to Kansas yes. State. Correct. Yeah, this is not a night to watch NBA games at all. And poor TNT, they moved off of the uh, Celtics game. And then they get Knicks Mavs, which is just also really bad. It's a good night to say to your significant other, hey, babe, or hey, husband, you know, Boston is <laughs> hey, playing babe, Milwaukee hey, tonight, <laughs> but you know what? You're more important. Let's turn this off. Let's re- you don't let's think re- they're going to see the score and let's, realize? Let's refresh up on True Detective season Amanda's one, two, not and checking three. That, I promise. My wife's not checking that either. So it did. It definitely would. How many times have you done that? Um, no, nah, I've I've done that before. I just like even if it's like a terrible game or a blowout, she just knows I'm probably going to have money on it and I have to watch it anyway. She'd be like, "Why are we watching this?" Not knowing that I have like Keontae George over two and a half steals or something. Do you have like Keontae that. George over? He didn't. Or this guy in the the halftime after Whoa. like fall and break his neck. That that looks fun. Yeah. We used to do this at concerts. 
back in the day. Where he's, what, this, this like, the, the giant ring that he's moving around yeah, and rolling in? Yeah, they used to have this um, in Tinley Park. One time I went and saw the uh, Gin Blossoms, the gin Spin blossoms. Doctors, and Cracker. That was one of my first Did you concerts. see the Wallflowers, too, while you were at it? I actually, I have, seen the I, have seen, I have seen the Wallflowers. I've seen, like, everybody. <laughs> the Cranberries, were they there, too? Oh, my God. Scott I never got to see the Cranberries. There. I love the Cranberries. Presidents of the United so. States. <laughs> I've never seen them. She's lumped. She's lumped. But anytime like any band would come to town, we would just like go and get tickets and go see them. Just, just party, man. I used to go just to every hearing gin blossoms. Is, it's been every, a long time. Every time Kenny Chesney was within like four and a half hours of Chicago. Well, Illinois, Kenny Chesney's worth it. I was drive. there. Oh, dude. Yeah. Sometimes I wouldn't even go into the concert. I'm just, just gonna listen doing, from the outside. I'd just be doing like keg stands, and <laughs> partying. Yeah. So okay, so Ryan, because you've been to a bunch of different venues and you've been to a bunch of different genres of music. Yeah. We gotta take Dave out of it. Okay. Because he's a he's a genre all on his own, and I know that he's number one in your heart. Yeah. But what's the best genre of music to you for an experience, a listening experience, outside? Outside. So um, I love rap music. I've never been to a good rap concert. Me neither. Country. Like, country. Country concerts in the summer are awesome. Yeah, and I'm not even like the biggest country fan, but they really are. That's kind of like where my mind immediately went to, too. Awesome. Just hanging out outside. Mm-hmm. The weather's probably hot. Yeah. You got a blanket. You got your snacks. Yeah. Everybody's vibing. Oh, yeah. It's and, great. Like, I don't really need to know what song this is music, right? Yeah. You don't have to like listen, like yeah. sing along. Everybody's happy. They're tailgating beforehand. Like, it's a good time. It's just country concerts are the best. Country music is great live. Actually, let me take all that back. Actually, okay. number two concert I've been to. So Dave Matthews all 45 times is number one for me. <laughs> what about reggae? Number two. Reggae I love reggae. Was what I was going to say, too. I saw yeah. Ziggy Marley over the so summer. So did I. I yeah. saw awesome. yeah. Ziggy Mar- Marley at the uh, zoo in Portland like four straight times. So yeah. good. Yeah. Number uh, three for me always will be Radiohead. I've seen them three times. Anytime they come What's to the United genre? States. What's their genre? That'd be like alternative. Mm. Okay. I can't get down with that. Um, I've seen Beyonce. At Soldier Field, awesome. I've seen Taylor Swift, but they're performers. Like that to me, that's unique. Like awesome. they put on shows. Yeah, that's like a thing, right? Like that's like yeah. Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. Beyonce. Yeah. They're in a that's the superstar genre. It's like going yeah. to see the weekend. I saw right. the weekend at concert. It's, yeah, like, it's like going he, to see Drake. Like you're yeah. going to get a good show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruno I, Mars, good show. Mm-hmm. Bruno Mars, awesome. I've actually seen the weekend. Awesome. I saw the weekend in D.C. And then um, I actually have seen one good rap concert. So one I was really excited for. I went and saw Lil Wayne. Jeezy, Nicki Minaj, and it was supposed to be Drake, but Drake like tore his ACL or broke his leg um, like two weeks before, so they canceled Drake. So that kind of sucked. But Kanye, I know we've canceled Kanye. I saw Kanye on the college dropout tour at the United oh, Center. Man. He came back to Chicago. That was the best concert. Yeah. That's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Lupe Fiasco opened up for oh, him. Oh, jeez. Wow. It was, and N-E-R-D. Wow. Yeah, and that oh, was when everybody man. knows all oh, the yeah. girls standing in the line for the bathroom. I saw Jay Z yeah. and Beyonce on the run tour at the Hollywood Bowl. Or no, not Hollywood Bowl, uh Coliseum. At the Coliseum where, you know, the Rose Bowl was played. That's why I thought bowl. Yeah. And it was outside in July. And when Jay and this was when um Beyonce and Jay Z were no longer together and they were just on the tour together and remember they had to cancel the tour right before they went to Canada because yeah, I they, think they hated each other yeah, that much. The elevator thing? Yeah. 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 The elevator thing. This was like a year and a half post elevator. Yeah. And so then uh, I watched Jay Z sing Song Cry uh to oh, yeah. to Beyonce and she kinda had her back towards him. It was heartbreaking. Swear to God, it started raining in LA in July, right when he sang that song. It was 
chilling. I was in the second row, got the tickets for free. It was one of the best experiences music-wise in my life. Yeah, I could imagine. I love Jay-Z. Ugly dude. Still don't understand why I know how he got Beyonce, (laughs) but. Does not deserve Beyonce. They say there's never an ugly billionaire. That's true. That is that is a very good would point. Would you take the money or would you take the lunch with Jay-Z? That's the question. <laughs> Actually, you know what I will say? If you're looking for a concert experience, or I'd say, I, don't even, I guess we'd call it a concert, EDM concerts. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man. We're going to Vegas. No, we're going yeah. in Vegas. Right. I, I went and saw Avicii, may he rest in peace, years ago in New York for New Year's Eve. Yeah. Oh my god! Can we get like an yeah. Excel spreadsheet of awesome. like an itinerary for Vegas, like just so I know what outfits I need so, to like bring? Just bring all your nice outfits because I don't like to do that. But I for women, like to live on the edge. But for women, it's like different, right? Well, like there's just true. You like how slutty are we getting? Kind of a thing. I mean, it's Vegas, so I mean, I'm gonna be really slutty. I don't I'm gonna get be wearing that. The tight pants. I got <laughs> some white Ryan pants. Asks every morning. Ryan's yeah. wearing the crop tops. I mean, Come I'm on bring, now. put it this way: I'm Short bringing skirts. my white pants. <laughs> all right? Yes. Like how many nipple covers do I need to bring? How many nipple covers are you How bringing, long are we Ryan? there again? Ryan, can I borrow yeah. some? Over nine and a half for me. Yeah. Yeah. We saw my, my bachelor party. We had the chain smokers. I didn't even know who the hell they were at the time. And um, we went. We did one of those like all-day pool parties, topless, yeah. of course. Yeah. And you just you buy a cooler of beer. To- for, wait, like, topless? Yeah. For you or for them? Like um, For everyone? So my buddies like love this. <laughs> all right. And, and like here's a little. Because men are always topless so, at the pool. My friends love well, like the private parties, you know. Fat guys. And, yeah. and you get like. You get a cooler of beer and it's like nine hundred and fifty dollars, and then you're like, wait, I thought it was supposed to be eight hundred, and then you realize there's three bottles of water, Fiji water, and they're each like sixty five bucks. Um, but my buddies are all like, yeah, it's the topless pool. Here's the problem, okay? The waitresses not topless. The girls you want to see topless not there, not topless, and not topless. My aunt Meg, topless. she's there, and yeah. her and her friends it's are like, topless. It's okay? like, do you remember, so, like. Save the money and go. Do you to the remember free the pool. movie Euro Trip? <laughs> yeah. Remember yeah. they go to the Miss new Cozy. beach and it's like Miss Cozy, Miss Cozy. Yeah. So, that's yeah. what you're getting that's out of the new that's, beach. That's in France. what it is, though. So right? I went yeah. to uh, really quick. I went to Vegas for the summer league. It was my very first summer league. Yeah. I will not say the name of uh, some executives for an NBA team. Some are still still on NBA teams. Some are have been fired. Shockingly, not shockingly. Once I tell you this story, and they were trying to finesse me, someone who was just getting into me- in media to coming with them and their whole team to the topless pool. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 I they mean, did. And they uh, said it creepily like oh, every, of every day of Summer League, which is 13 days long. Yeah. Just, can you say that non-creepily, though? Well, I, you can I, say it in a way that's like, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to the topless pool later. Ha, ha, ha. And then it's like, no, but really, like, are you coming with us? Like, yeah, <laughs> hey, we're so, going uh, right after breakfast. And it's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. You're coming to the topless yeah. pool with us. Yeah. It's going to be real yeah. fun. It, it is a good time, yeah. though. You know? I mean, I don't know it's that. Ken Kniff. Come on. Nobody remembers Ken Kniff from M&M's. Like Ken Kniff from Connecticut. Sisters. What are you, you want doing? me to melt in your mouth? Melt in your mouth and not in your hands. Yeah. See, Ryan remembers. Oh, yeah. I was a big M&M guy. <laughs> I love them now. Oh, yeah. It's Ken Kniff. But, man, I can't wait to get there. I'm so I'm excited. I'm glad this was the last uh, segment of the hour. You know, we have a whole other hour to go, Trista. You can't get in for get, a whole hour. Starting to get off the rails here, <laughs> and I'm not mad. after dark. Yeah. Like the good old days yeah. when 10.20 was when I really starting to get into the deep cuts. <laughs> Are we able to expense uh, all of those pool parties? I think so, right? Dude, I yeah. expensed everything in uh, Arizona, and they just said yes. Well, that's so, good. because I uh, think BetMGM. I actually forgot to expense anything. All my receipts are just sitting on my refrigerator still. My wife asked me about From it last, last week. last year? Yeah, and I go, I don't think we're, gonna, I don't think we're getting that money. No, you're not going to get that's it. A, like a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I forgot. I was too worried about my damn hip. Oh, my God. 
Forgot all about the actual, you know, Jesus. dinners, <laughs> Ubers, alcohol, and Fun Ubers. Hour coming up. The vitamin shop I had to visit, of course. MGM the nights. <laughs>